What's going on, everybody? Daryl Freda, the club CEO here. And we have another amazing episode of the My DJ Story podcast brought to you by The Club, the number one live streaming app for DJs and partygoers. Today, we have my brother DJ Sun here on the show. Brother, can you please introduce yourself to the people who you are and where you're from? What's good, everybody? I'm Jason Noble, and I go by DJ Sun, and I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Awesome, brother. We're super excited to have you on the show here. This is the My DJ Story podcast. We want to hear your story as a DJ and talk to us about the beginning days, man. What sparked your interest to become a DJ and give us some insight on those early days as as a DJ in your journey? Yeah, so it's it's definitely been a journey. Um, and I I feel like I have, I was thinking about it the other day. Um, I was listening to some episodes from here and trying to, you know, think about my, my, uh, my evolution and all that. It's funny, I feel like I have a very new school uh, entry entry point for this. I was in like sixth grade and my friend at the time who, uh, you know, he wasn't he wasn't a DJ either, but the iPhone touch had just come out um, or it probably was the first iPod touch or something. There was that DJ app and he downloaded it. And I just remember being at his house one day and he showed it to me and it was a wrap. I mean, like I, I was already really into music. I played some instruments and I was a big hip hop nerd. Um, so when he showed me that, it was kind of just the niftiest thing I had ever seen. And I kind of just got into it with, with my friend back then as, as a hobby. Um, you know, we would, uh, I remember my first, we, we DJed our friend's house party. Uh, I probably had virtual DJ, you know, and I just used my laptop. That was my first gig ever. But uh, my friend um, or my brother, my, my older brother, who's uh, three and a half years older than me, he had a roommate at the time who was a real DJ for, for in my mind, you know, at that point. And he, uh, a, a guy named Cool Hand Luke, a really, really, really dope DJ um, from Oakland. And he was a few years older than me. And for anybody listening, you know, Oakland was the keyword because these Oakland DJs are not to be messed with, <laughs> you know. So here I am, I'm probably like, I'm probably like 12, 13 years old, 14 years old. And my brother is like, yo, you got to come and talk talk shop with my roommate you know he'll get you right and i'm i'm stoked because i haven't really met any real djs yet you know what i mean we've just been messing around on these uh on this this app we would like break into like we'd try to go see like any djs we could locally but it would mostly just be like dubstep djs because this was like 2010 you know um, which was really cool for me and it definitely like was like oh like shit like people really do this as a job it's not just something you hear about on and see on Cocoa Puffs cereal boxes, you know? <laughs> but, um, so when I met up with my brother's friend, Cool Him, uh, you know, he was talking to me about, he was kind of, he was kind of giving me shit, you know? He was like, you know, I, I started with vinyl. You don't know what it's like to carry crates. And, you know, he was being cheeky about it, but he was right, you know? And there was one night in particular where we were chilling and uh, my brother went to bed early for some reason or something. So it was just me and, me and this guy, Luke. And he started like, you know, he asked me like, so who's, who, what DJs do you like, you know? And I didn't know anything back then. So I didn't really have anything to say. And he was kind of, he was kind of like, oh nah, like if you're going to do this, I'm going to set you up, right? He started that night, like he put me on to like Rock Rada, you know, DJ Craze, Mixmaster Mike, Qbert, Shortcut, like the Beat Junkies, all the OGs, all the legends, you know what I mean? Especially in like the battle, big scratch world. And um, at that time, like, I'm, I'm a huge hip hop head, you know? So 
I basically put two and two together and realized that a lot of these dudes who were, <clears throat> you know, nasty and, and were battling were also laying down cuts on some of my favorite records, you know, hearing, uh, you know, learning about like Babu and the Beat Junkies and, and that, the turntablists on the West Coast and then hearing the, the, you know, cuts and the beats they did and the mixtapes they put out in the 90s and stuff like that, that really put the battery in my back to like basically learn to cut. And, and that's when I knew, like, I think at that point I had a Hercules RMX controller, which is like, it's like this big, you could throw it off a building and it would be okay. You know, shout out to Hercules because they make some tank controllers, but it was definitely like a, you know, uh, smash and grab on the go, just pretty entry level controller. And I remember trying to scratch on that, like the weekend I came back from hanging out with my brother's friend, I was trying to scratch on it. And I was just like, this is never gonna work. And I knew then and there I had to, I knew I knew records were the mission, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, eventually, you know, I started basically, you know, through high school, I had that RMX controller, which eventually got me enough uh, money from gigs. I got a VCI 400, that was my big like, fancy professional controller. I remember I waited all summer for that to come in the mail. And I felt when I came, I was like, okay, I'm really doing this now. I bought it with money I made from DJing. You know, I was stoked. And then, uh, you know, so that was like through high school, I was kind of just doing it, you know, on and off, doing it at parties I would have been going to anyway, just for the free, you know. Um, I started messing around with making beats late in high school as well. Um, and basically, you know, the, the college situation, I'm, I'm really grateful I got to go to school. But at that point in time, I was really, really not um, into it, into the idea of going to school. So I was kind of like, OK, if I'm going to go to school, um, I'm going to do I'm going to go to school for music, you know, something that I, I really like, you know, whatever. And uh, I ended up going to University of the Arts in Philly. So that changed everything as far as the DJ shit for me. Cause I was in Baltimore. I was, you know, I, I had seen the club culture and the community behind it. So I knew that, you know, DJing was for me. I love music. I had the, you know, I was already becoming a scratch nerd and just like staying in my house and trying to whatever. So at the end of uh, high school, I finally uh, got my vinyl first vinyl set up and I didn't know anything. Um, I was just like trying to master cuts all off ear with no one trying to help me or whatever. Um, and when I got to Philly for school, that's when everything changed because Philly is DJ Mecca in a lot of ways. And, you know, that was the first time I saw people, I saw people really humbly and casually, casually murdering the scene, you know what I mean? And, and to see the integrity and the professionality there, it, as a young kid, it was just like, wow, this is real. Like, it's not, you know, I, I love Baltimore, but there's not a lot of venues and there's not a lot of DJs. So it was kind of the thing where it was like, you know, if I told people I'm gonna be a DJ, they'd be like, yeah, all right, kid. You know what I mean? Where all of a sudden now I'm in Philly and it's like, oh, you're gonna be a DJ? Where are you spinning this weekend? You know, off off the casual, you know? So that's when I really, really started to consider the uh, that route as a career path and then started taking it seriously and trying to be full-time. Nice, man. That's a super dope intro. And I love the progression, how you, you know, you got introduced and 
first put on to from your friend and kind of just transitioned from there you're doing parties for your high school and then into college you were able to continue that journey and then you know you really hit your strive when you landed in philly and we're really diving deep into the ecosystem you know i would love to talk about you know how you were able to start transitioning your mindset from just doing it as a hobby to be able to really treat it as a professional business and a career you know i, I love to hear that that you already you know, we're making money from it because you're able to purchase the first controller, professional controller from from DJing. So that's great that you were able to start charging right out the gate. Um, but talk to me more about that transition from hobby to more professional career focus. Yeah. So I, I think um, there's a couple of things. Um, you know, from being in, in from doing like, you know, friends, birthday parties and and uh, community events and high school mixers and stuff. Um, I knew that DJing was something that, you know, if you were proactive, there was always going to be a space for that. I don't know. I've always been proactive, um, in Baltimore, you know, there, it, 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 when I was younger and growing up, it was an interesting situation. Cause like I, you know, I've always basically, you know, I, I learned a lot growing up in Baltimore about, uh, business, you know, um, one way or another. And when I, you know, the, the other side of the coin on when I moved to Philly is that, um, you know, I had been DJing a lot, but I had also been, you know, I was, I was a senior in high school growing up in Baltimore has its, has its beautiful ups and downs, but, um, for, for better or for worse, you know, I had seen what hustle looked like, you know, I had seen true hustle and I had seen true drive and I had seen that if you want something you can get it if you put your you know head down and work for it um but that came with a lot of negative outlooks as well in baltimore so um when i went to philly it was kind of a perfect timing coincidentally for me because i had all that drive but i had kind of a negative outlook and when i saw a hustle that i recognized from baltimore for a positive gain and for you know with with creativity and art as the fuel you know that it, it meant the world to me. So I think really, I, you know, I was young, I was hungry and I uh, had some speakers, <laughs> you know what I mean? So when I touched down, I was, I was trying I was DJing anywhere and everywhere, mostly for free. You know, I was telling my homie the other day, like the first few gigs I got in Philly were just because I had speakers and I'd say, Hey man, you need speakers, you can use them. You just got to let me have a set at some point in the night. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I felt, I feel like at that, that's when, you know, as far as the networking part of this world goes, you know, you have to be able to maneuver in a room. You have to be able to work a room so that you can get that split second of, 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 of you know, opportunities on decks to show people what you're about. But you have to be able to follow it up with that. So, you know, you kind of got to put yourself out there and say, hey, yeah, I'll DJ all night for fucking $20 or whatever, knowing that after that night, they're not going to want to pay anybody else, you know? Um, That's great. So that insight, first, man. Yeah. That first year was super telling in Philly. Cause I hadn't really, I don't, in a way, like I didn't even know how, if I was good, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was a very telling year of just like, you know, getting some very, very basic chops in of just uh, carrying speakers around and whatever. And eventually, you know, I had some uh, really good people kind of, they basically, straight up found me standing in a puddle of beer in someone's basement DJing some college house party. And they were like, you know, you're in Philadelphia. 
there's other gigs, you know, and uh, uh, that, that's when everything started to change. And they, uh, that was a group called True Wave who actually, um, they've been doing live streamed events since like 2015 or 16. So they uh, linked, linked me with a lot of the greater Philly DJ scene. And that's when, that was my freshman year of, of college. So that's when everything kind of opened up and I was like, wow, you know, this DJ stuff is, is deep. <laughs> Nice, man. That's super amazing. And thank you for giving us insight on that portion of your story, man. At this time, we're going to jump into a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to talk deeper into your branding and who you are as DJ Sun. Okay? Sweet. And we're back with the My DJ Story podcast. We're here with my brother, DJ Sun, Jason Noble, and he's telling an amazing story about his life as a DJ. Brother, can you please talk to us a little bit more about your branding as DJ Sun? How'd you get that name? And what does that branding mean for you? Yeah, so uh, it's a really it's a really straightforward story. My name is Jason. So if you make the D silent, Jason. <laughs> So when I came up with that, I had to I had to make a distinction. People were like, "All right, so is the sun like the sky, or is it like my sun?" And I said, "I'm not. I'm never going to be anybody's sun. So it's the sky." <laughs> you know, I love it, man. That's awesome, man. And just talk to me more about you know how you're able to kind of build a name, DJ Sun, as you know something that's recognizable in the industry. You know, what do you do to kind of stand out as a DJ and kind of build the top of that name, DJ Sun? I think it's all about consistency, reliability, and accountability. You gotta own everything you do and you gotta put your best foot forward, you know. Um, you gotta be good at what you do and confident about it, you know what I mean? Um, you know, it's the kind of thing where like, I don't know, I feel like there's so many different types of DJs, you know what I mean? Um, so you kinda, one uh, OG of mine once told me that you kind of have to know your lane and pick it because people won't pick for you. And you have to kind of tell people where you want to end up. That's something I've kind of sat on either side of, um, you know, as an open format DJ, I try to embody that beyond just the crates. You know, I try to play a bunch of different types of gigs just to keep those, that end of my DJ uh, knowledge sharp. But you know, what my OG was trying to tell me, it was really important. It's like, if you, you know, for a while, like I was, I was playing in, in clubs, um, which I loved, but I was, you know, I was getting my hair cut, having, uh, uh, you know, getting my, uh, edges done, getting fade, all that stuff, wearing clothes that, um, you know, made me look great. But at the end of the day, like, I don't go to the club when I'm not spinning, you know, most of those nights I would get off decks and unless somebody, another DJ that I really liked was there, I was probably going to dip to another party or somewhere where there's an actual dance floor bumping, you know, not the club environment. Um, and, you know, through that, like, you know, I was just trying to get my, my stripes at that point. Um, so I'm really, really happy. I put myself in that world, but at the same time, you know, in that era, a lot of, I was getting, attention for a lot of things I might not have wanted. You know what I mean? Just, uh, you know, even as simple as like, you know, people would ask me to come um, help them promote like some alcohol sponsorship deal or something. I'm like, I don't even drink really. <laughs> you know what I mean? But people thought I would, you know what I mean? Um, so it's kind of just, you know, it'll only, it's only a, it's only helpful to really be thoughtful about your brand because that's really how you can tell people where you want to be. You know what I mean? If you want to be a, super exclusive private event DJ, you know, you can have your brand kind of hint at that and that'll help you out versus, you know, the 
the party pool party DJ or whatever, you know. So, you know, with my brand, I just try to keep it um, focused on the values that I think are important um, and, and kind of also, you know, kind of keep it open, open-ended so that, you know, um, yeah, so that uh, the opportunities can stay open to open. That's great, man. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And talk to me a little bit about, you know, what you're focused on now and, you know, what do you like to do the most as a DJ? Are you more focused on the party scene, the club scene, or more so like the private events and corporate events and weddings and stuff like that? You know, where do you see yourself, you know, as a DJ, kind of what are some of your goals and how can the people listening help and support that? Yeah. Uh, I kind of play both sides. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, I've kind of realized, you know, there's the getting booked side of things and then there's the booking side of things. And something that Philly taught me is that there's so much leverage and so much um, more, it's a lot, it's a huge position that you can put yourself in by throwing your own shows, by being the person that is promoting and talking to these uh, venues and to these promoters and all that. Um, so on one one hand, you know, I'm very interested and active in the, in the just getting booked world. You know, I do, uh, you know, club events, happy hours, I'll spin for artists and stuff like that. But on the other side, very interested in throwing my own parties. I have a event called Good Clean Fun that I've been doing for uh, three years now, minus some because of the pandemic. Um, and it's something I started in Philly and brought back to Baltimore. Um, and really just the point of that is, you know, an open format dance party. You know, I book my favorite DJs and I encourage them to play, you know, whatever they want to go toward, go to the edge. You know, I invite as many of my favorite dancers and, and break dancers and all, all that good stuff as we can and make sure that the room is filled with people who, you know, really want to contribute. And that's something that I always think about on a theory level is like, you know, the difference between the club and these more like uh, DJ centric parties are, you know, the club is all about come out, buy a table, you know, prove that you're supposed to be in here, whatever. And to me, the best parties are, you know, I never want to tell somebody like when I'm promoting, I, I don't say come support me. I don't say I have a show. I say, you know, we have an event, come contribute. And I honestly feel that way. You know, the any, any DJ that is real uh, about, you know, reading crowds knows that you're never going to know what to play until the people are in there. And, you know, so because of that, I'm like, you know, the people make the party, you know, so these, uh, you know, I, I I love the pressure from like the corporate world and the private event world, but the the feeling of being able to just bring people together that's kind of like where I would like to end up and do do more of, um, you know, down the road. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, that's a great perspective. I, I love your philosophy about it's not really about what you want; it's about you know really catering to the audience, and that's what it's really about. You know, how do you best entertain and satisfy and really help them um, using your music and uh, I really appreciate what you do and the way you think about that you know what when's the next event and you know how can people get involved man it's been crazy I did six events in Philly New York and Baltimore last week um so this week we got doing a happy hour uh you know if anybody's listening from Baltimore I'm uh, at this beautiful locally owned hotel uh revival 
Um, we've been doing like happy hour vibes in there, uh, four to seven, Friday and Saturday. Those are a great time. I've been doing a event called Rhythm Effect on Fridays at a spot called City Beach, which is a really, really cool uh, local spot in Baltimore. And that's just been straight dance vibes. Um, been a lot of fun this week. I have uh, Trilla K and OG Bree, two great DMV DJs coming to spend with me. Um, and then Saturday, there's a new venue in Baltimore opening called Pump Number no. Nine. Um, it's the grand opening, and I'll be spinning on that. So, you know, Baltimore is, is an incredible place. Um, and right now, specifically, you know, there's always been a, a, an abundance of, of really talented artists here. Um, but there's always been a disconnect as far as, you know, getting it across the border and getting people to know about what's going on here. Um, and re recently, it's just been absurd. I mean, a lot of people are getting their flowers in a really beautiful way, and people are really, uh, the energy in the city is just immaculate right now. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the summer and, and seeing, you know, what, what kind of things we can accomplish down here. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of another thing. Like, as a DJ, I feel like, you know, most of my friends have always been, you know, writers and musicians and, and uh, you know, lyricists and, uh, more of the hands-on musician types. Um, I don't want to say more hands-on, maybe more traditional uh, musician types, right? And uh, so one thing for me that I've always realized is that like, you know, as a DJ, most, you know, you can, you can spin in a city three times in a week, you know, and fill up those rooms all three times. People don't really, you know, they might care, but they might not care. Like a lot of people will just show up to a bar and not know the DJ's name with all their friends and have a great time, you know, where if you're an artist, filling up a room three times a week, three times a month in the same city is, you're killing it if you can do that. You know what I mean? So often I see in that world, uh, you know, it's kind of a DJ's, or it, you know, can be a DJ's obligation or, or role to kind of connect those dots. So often when I'm in New York or Philly or LA or, or anywhere doing these gigs and working, kind of a chance for me to network for my artist homies, you know, so that when they say, hey, I've been working on this album for three years and I'm finally ready and I need to hit LA and get it to the right DJ's hands and play a show and get maybe an interview on it, whatever. Um, it's really important to me to, you know, have all those connections tight and be able to really just, you know, be like, okay, we got you. This is who we're gonna send it to, you know, these are the people on the ground who you can talk to who, who will get you a good space to do something at, you know. And, and obviously, you know, anybody listening knows that in this industry, that's that's just everything. You know, being able to have those real contacts that can come through and be reliable, consistent. So. Definitely, man. No, that's perfect advice. And that's something that I'm working hard at the club to build community amongst DJs so they can support one another. So I'm really glad that we're connected and that we can definitely help and support you in any way possible. So thank you for that, man. At this time, we're going to jump into the lightning round. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's go. Describe your DJ setup, hardware and software. Right now I got a Rain 70 and uh, two Reloop RP8000s. Um, I actually just updated that setup. It's my second battle setup and I, and that's another, you know, shout out to all the battlers because if you know, you know, and that setup's definitely a battle setup. But uh, I, I was on the Z2, the Tractor Z2 for like six years and I got my stuff jacked out of my car this past year, which was a beauty in disguise because it gave me the chance to update my stuff. And the Rain 70 is a hell of a, uh, of a mixer. So anybody that knows, knows. 
But I've also been rocking the SRT 1000 recently. And I'm not a, you know, I don't hate on controllers, but they've never been like a lot of fun for me. But this controller, man, I've been really leaning on it and having a lot of fun bringing it to a lot of gigs. So it's it's dope to have a, a controller that I can just run around with. So shout out Pioneer too. <laughs> Who's your favorite DJ? Oh, this is the question I was really afraid of. <laughs> this is the hard one. There's so many, there's so many, you know, I'm as an open format DJ, there's things that excite me about so many different styles, whether it's the cuts, the originality, the the wordplay, you know, the clever mixing styles, um, or even just the branding and like the the how they move. Um, but just to run off a few, um, you know, I love uh, Miles Medina of, of some of the new cats, Miles Medina, uh, Craze, obviously, Mixmaster Mike has always been a huge favorite for me. Uh, and then some, some locals, uh, DJ Silo out of Philly is one of the most just nasty, nasty all around DJs. Uh, my homie DJ Next, that man go crazy. Uh, Wadi J, uh, DMV DJ, he's uh, Danny Lee's tour DJ, but this man, he does, he's, he's really into the technique and the battle side of things, and he just puts together these routines that are just so eloquent, and so dope. So, like, for me personally, I, I see his style, I'm like, damn, I would have did that, you know? Uh, DJ AM, you know, to throw it way back, uh, Jazzy Jeff, you know, so many, man. Uh, I feel like the deeper you get into this DJ stuff, you hit a point where you're just like, wow, like, everybody's dope for for you know you can kind of find the dopeness in, in a lot of in a, a lot of different styles so shout out to all <laughs> what has been your favorite party or event you dj'd at and why uh i'll name two there's um there was in the it was probably october of like 2018 or something um <clears throat> when i was in philly i uh you know philly was really really good to me it's where I really got my chops up and really got to experience different, you know, party scenes. And, and I got my, I got to spin at clubs. I got to spin at underground parties and all this different stuff. So that's really where I got my chops up. Um, but because I was from Baltimore, I didn't really know the landscape when I first got there. And it was kind of a crazy backwards, weird trajectory I had. I, I was playing like clubs, like I'm talking, you know, appearances with Amigos and then, these really fancy bottle service clubs that I had, you know, a kid from Baltimore, I had no idea these, you know, I was like, yeah, where am I at? You know, uh, definitely found myself out of my league a few times, which is the best way to learn, you know? Um, but there was, this was probably my junior year. So I was two years into Philly and I was like, you know, I, I know this city, I played at all these clubs, whatever, you know, didn't know shit. And, uh, my homie introduced me, my homie Joshua Tree, who's an engineer and a hip-hop producer out of Philly, he introduced me to this guy, John Brown, who him and his homies had been throwing this party called The Function, which was like just the illest underground party in Philly at this time. Um, and like, I mean, they were literally doing parties at this one venue all summer and had to find a bigger spot because they were getting shut down every time. Like literally all of Philly was pulling up. They were booking all the best DJs. So I was like, I knew about them. Tried to play it cool when, when I got introduced to this guy. And you know, he had seen me spin before, so he knew I was good. But basically he um, went through a bunch of hoops trying to talk his homies into 
being down to book me for one of their events, you know, and, and it was all up in the air to like the very last day. And then he called me, he was like, hey, we're gonna, you know, they, they're down, you can come spin. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna open up because they're not, you know, of course, they're gonna make me open, you know? So I'm working on this opening set and they call me and they're like, hey, you're down to go at 12, right? Like, you know, peak hour slot. And I'm like, yeah, of course, you know, I'm trying to play it cool still. And it was a weird situation because, you know, I was still young, I was probably 21, um, just getting in my feet wet as far as the real professional world. Um, but I had some, some resume points under me at that point. So for all they knew, you know, I was just some kid that had been spinning at these fancy clubs, you know? So they, I think they thought that I was, you know, I don't know what they thought, but basically, you know, it was kind of a nervous, one of those nervous gigs where you're like, Oh, I don't know how this could go. It could be make or break. Cause these are like the real Philly locals, not some downtown tourists or whatever. And, uh, it just was such a good set like the one of those sets where you get off and you're like damn i should have recorded that and everybody you know you got strangers coming up to you being like what was that one song you played right before this one right after that you know so that was just a really like i mean everything changed for me in philly after that night you know all of a sudden i was i had found the underground you know and i had found this beautiful unreal party that was just about you know pure style and and, and vibes and dancing you know um so that, that meant a lot to me. It was a ball as far as the night itself and then what the implications were moving forward in Philly um, was really dope. And then other than that, I just want to say, I, uh, you know, I've, I've always kept my options open and I'm really grateful. I've, I've spun some events that I don't think <clears throat> some DJs will ever get to spin. And I, I'm very humbled by these experiences. One time I DJed, uh, I DJed the, uh, another great event. I did the rap party for The Walking Dead. And uh, it was some high stakes stuff. They flew me out to Atlanta and they had the whole rooftop set up and all this stuff. And, um, you know, this was a gig I had got by kind of biting my lip and, and networking hard, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and at that point I had like a resume to follow it up, but I basically just shot in the dark and was able to follow through. And when I got there, it went really well, you know, to the point where they were like, yeah, we're gonna call you back and we're gonna, you know, I had people on that show talking about whatever show they're working on next, they're gonna call me for, you know? And uh, so, you know, and through that, I got to dip my my feet into the, the film world a little bit doing, you know, other rap parties. I've, I've played a DJ and, and a couple scenes in some TV shows, which is just, random you know but kind of just it's a testament to how how far and wide djing can take you if you let it so um you know some 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 of the weirder gigs are fun too, you know? <laughs> now we have a new question that i haven't tested before but here we go name a nightclub or venue that you highly recommend people should check out in your city wow okay so I'm gonna give two because Baltimore is my city, but I spend a lot of time in Philly still, obviously. Um, so in Baltimore, I'm gonna shout out Pump Number Nine. This is a venue that just opened. It's brand new and it's got a lot of really good people behind it. It's pretty much all artists behind it. So you know the deal with that. Um, you know, if you wanna go somewhere where you're really gonna see some 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 real, real passion and real, you know, if you if you try to feel something, you know what I mean? <laughs> Go to pump number nine. That 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 place is real as real as it gets, and, and you will not um, 
have a bad time, you know. I always think about <clears throat> when I'm planning events, when I go to events, I always, and with DJ sets, you know, I always think about the difference between a good time and a memorable time. You know, a good DJ set versus a memorable DJ set. And the memorable ones are the most important ones, you know, because if you go to the club and you have a great time, kind of mixes in with all the other good club nights. But if you go to a spot and the way they have it set up and the lights and the decorations and the music and everything is unlike anything you've ever seen, you know? Um, and that applies to DJ sets too. If you're ballsy and you play some shit that you know no one else is gonna play, you know? That's the stuff that people wake up a week later still thinking about being like, I cannot believe that I was in that space, you know? So um, Pump Number Nine is definitely a place you will never forget going to. And then in Philly, I gotta shout out my people at Warehouse on Watts. Um, this is my favorite venue in the world. It's locally owned. I've seen A-Track there. I've seen Jazzy Jeff there. And they also host a lot of the best local Philly parties. Uh, Matt Law throws friends and fam there, which is just a wonderful event. And as far as just, man, they got swings inside the venue. That's all I got to say, you know? <laughs> you already get the vibes. <laughs> What's one thing that you think is missing from live streaming for DJs? That's an interesting one. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot that's missing from the platform itself. But for DJs, you know, the, the thing is, it's just another space. You know, at first, DJs had the park. You know, that's the first thing we had. And, you know, we could have sat around and said, you know, what's, what's the issue with the park? But we're not landscapers. <laughs> you know, we're not coders. So... I feel like, you know, as as technology and as the future comes hurtling at us, you know, there's always going to be these new spaces and new situations that we can, you know, infiltrate um, and, and utilize and, and create beautiful moments in. But I think that it's kind of, a, um, you know, as we apply pressure, obviously that side of the industry will change, you know, uh, initiatives like everything you're doing with the club app and, and stuff like that. Like, I think that's really, really what's going to change everything and make it really streamlined and make it really make sense to people who aren't, you know, thinking outside the box. Um, you know, obviously some obvious changes like the laws and subscriptions and making it so that it's not on the DJs, you know, to, to, uh, do all the copyright stuff but um you know ultimately i think that it's a beautiful time and and there's this crazy new space that i see a lot of people doing really really dope stuff in, you know and you know I, I just approach it as it is now you know i've been having a ball getting on on the on twitch and stuff and being able to play like more deep cut sets and more you know trying to look at it as a challenge you know what can i do to throw a great show and, and have people enjoy it but also push myself to kind of like dodge these, uh, the algorithms, <laughs> you know? So I don't know, I think it'll get better and better and, and things will open up to, for people to do crazier and crazier stuff. But I think right now, you know, it's, it's you know, the live stream world is crazier now than it was last year, uh, infrastructure wise. So I feel like, you know, we still got to master the, the stuff that exists, you know? <laughs> And uh, shout out to DJs that you know personally, whose stories also need to be shared on this podcast. Word. Uh, I know you uh, interviewed my homie Aaron Brown, so shout out to him again. Uh, 
And I know he mentioned a really, really dope DJ from Baltimore, Kepi Kenyo, goes by Be More Alien. And this dude is, you know, you got your battle DJs, you got your, uh, you know, event curators, you got your uh, selectors. This man is a true community leader, you know, and that's, that's you know, back to, dare I say, Bambada, you know, a very important role of a DJ, you know, so he, He's somebody, he throws one of the best hip hop parties in Baltimore, it's called 808s. Um, and he really connects the dots between the, you know, the party people and the the musicians, the people that are putting out records every week and, and, and stuff. So he's definitely somebody who would have a really cool story. Uh, got a shout out, uh, Ken Dallas, who's a homie of mine from Philly. She's just nasty. I mean, I've seen her rock so many different crowds and so many different environments and every time i see her her, her technical skill is just going crazy and she uh she's going to do some really crazy things in the next few years so definitely somebody to keep an eye on um my other homegirl nash from philly like everybody has their different style this girl nash i've seen her you know some people some djs are really hype all the time whatever i've seen this girl go in and just straight faced have a, a crowd of like 1500 people doing the cha-cha slide Me, and and i'm talking a crowd of like you know the most drip like people that came out to stunt to look cool all of a sudden with a straight face she gets them to throw all that aside and start fucking getting down like so nash is sick um <laughs> my homie wadi j again gotta shout him out from from baltimore he's really dope a lot of dope, a lot of dope DJs, man. Shout out to all the DJs that listen to this podcast, and, and really thank you for for you know contributing to the community and, and getting involved. We, we really appreciate it. Awesome, man. We look forward to hearing their stories on the podcast one day, and you can listen to Aaron Brown's episode sixty three, South Paul. Um, if you like, and any DJ that wants to be on the show, they can sign up at djsignup.com. And brother, where can people find you online or even in person if you are still doing events? Yeah, uh, Spun by Sun on everything, SoundCloud. Uh, I do make a bunch of edits and, and beats and put other stuff out too, if you want to check that out. But Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Mixcloud. I put out a lot of mixes. Uh, sometimes I archive like the radio sets and stuff. Um, but yeah, so spun by sun, sun like the sky. Get at me. I uh, I um, I play mostly in New York, Philly, and Baltimore. A little bit of DC, but uh, as things open up, I'm, I'm hoping to get around a bit more. So definitely get at me. It's tonight. Awesome, brother. Hey, this is amazing speaking to you on the podcast, man. I learned a lot and had a great time just hearing your story, bro. So thank you for just spending time with us today and dropping gems on the people today, man. You're on an exciting journey. I look forward to watching you and participating in some of the events you do as I'm in New Jersey. I definitely could hop over um, and check out some of your events, man. So thank you for spending time with us today. And everyone, please check out my brother, DJ Sun. He's really doing it big. So check him out and follow him on this journey and take yeah. it easy, man. Appreciate you. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the My DJ Story podcast. If you haven't already, please join our community by downloading the club app for free in the Google Play and App Store today. While you're there, do us a huge favor by giving us a five-star rating and shoot us a message on Instagram telling us you did. I'd love to send you a free 
My DJ Story Podcast t-shirt as a token of our appreciation. Thank you so much, and we'll look forward to seeing you in the club. <laughs>